Amen. We're doing, uh, we're going to talk about pattern for mothers. Amen. But you can just replace and put a pattern for the home if you want to. Because truly, that's really what this message is. It's a pattern for the home. Um, but we're going to be talking about a couple ladies in the text. That's why I just say pattern for mothers. And uh, with that said, it is Mother's Day. And I, and I know that we preached a Mother's Day sermon this morning. I just really felt the liberty to preach a Mother's Day sermon tonight. And, uh, but with that said, fellas, that doesn't mean that we can't take something from this message. Amen. And so second Timothy chapter number one, I'm going to read one verse. So don't worry about standing tonight and, uh, we're going to get right to it. And I don't think I'll be long this evening. And uh, I think I said that this morning and I probably went long anyway. And so, uh, we'll, 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 I don't plan on being long this evening, okay? I don't, do not plan on being long this, morning, this evening. Uh, verse number five, the Bible says, When I called to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, I ask that you'd help me tonight. Help me to preach this truth from your book. Help me to um, say what I ought to say. Help me not to say anything I shouldn't say. Help me to be bold in, in, in the truth tonight. And God, I pray that it would help somebody and uh, would be challenged uh, by this truth tonight. Lord, I love you. Thank you for loving us. Meet with us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Excuse me. We find in our text here, the Apostle Paul is making a remembrance, if you will, when he says, when I call to remembrance, I call to remembrance. And Paul is remembering these dear ladies, Lois and Eunice. He's remembering these sweet ladies that are, if you will, probably in the church somewhere. And, and I don't know what church they were attending, but somehow, some kind of way, the Apostle Paul knew these two ladies. as He knew them far more than I believe he uh, uh, be probably before he even knew Timothy. And he knew their testimony and how they loved the Lord and what they did for the Lord. And, and so we're just going to notice literally two thoughts tonight on these two ladies. First, I want to notice is their unfeigned testimony. Their unfeigned testimony. Because he says this, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. But note this, he does say to Timothy that it's in Timothy, but note what he says, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. You see what he's saying tonight is that that it started with grandma and it passed to mama and came to the son, Timothy. And note the word unfeigned here tonight in our text. That word is defined by the 1828 Webster's Dictionary as this. Ready? Hear me now. Listen, it is this. Not counterfeit. Not hypocritical. Real. A real Faith, a real testimony, a real belief in Jesus Christ. One of those, uh, as though the Apostle Paul is saying that your grandma and your mama, they didn't just practice faith in church, but they lived it out in their lives. May I say this tonight, mama and daddy, that children know if you're fake or not. 
You can play church all you want. You can pretend like you have faith all you want. You can pretend you can say amen. You can be active in church. You can do everything that is seemingly a Christian thing to do in church. But mamas and daddies, listen to me tonight. Your children bear witness to the truth that takes place in your home. It's an unfeigned testimony. An unwavering, not a counterfeit testimony. It's not a pretend faith. I pray that, that my children see Jesus in me. I certainly want the church to see Jesus in me. I certainly want the lost world to see Jesus in me. But in my home is where it really counts. An unfeigned testimony. Mama, Daddy, be real. Uh, I can't remember who it was that said it might have been uh, Bob Jones, the, the, the first Bob Jones, Bob Jones Sr. I believe it was him. He said, uh, your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. And uh, you can talk the talk all you want. Right? I remember that old saying when I was a kid. Uh, those of you that are around my age can remember. Uh, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Well, the truth of the matter is, is many folks... Christians, well, they talk or talk, but they don't walk the walk. That's why that, 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 that phrase that, or, or that, that, that quote or whatever that people have quoted from Bob Jones there is, is so real. And it, and it goes along with our text of that unfeigned faith, that unfeigned, not counterfeit, not hypocritical, but real faith. Your talk talks and your walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. I remember countless mornings waking up and my daddy is reading his Bible and drinking coffee. I, I can tell you over and over and over and over again, I can remember so many mornings, even now when we're on family vacation, when we go together someplace and we get a cabin together and go all together and, and my dad will be reading his Bible somewhere on a, on a back deck or in a close corner somewhere, all by himself, just spending time with, uh, with the Lord. My mom will be doing the same thing. And I want to tell you right now, what have they done? They've set a pattern for godliness in our home. They've set, listen to me tonight, they've set a pattern that is un feigned that's not counterfeit that's not hypocritical but it's real i've had pastors ask me what's what what what'd your dad do that was so right and those that those of you many of you know that my daddy's a pastor his daddy is a pastor my daddy actually started pastoring before his daddy started pastoring so my dad wasn't raised in a in a christian home like that is concerned but by God's grace, his dad started pastoring. But, but, the, but this is, many of you know my dad's a pastor, that the Lord has blessed me to be a pastor, and my brother is a pastor. And they've asked, uh, um, what did your dad do? My dad was consistent, and he was real. He didn't preach in the pulpit one way and then live it out in another way at home. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think that is the case of many Christians, not just pastors, but many Christians all across America. They act like they're Christians in the church when the pastor's watching, the deacon's watching, Sunday school teacher's watching, but when they're at home, they live a whole other life. They swear at their children and they do obscene things in their home that they would never imagine doing when the pastor was present. But I'm going to help you out with something. The pastor's nobody, but Jesus Christ is present in that home. If you've got the Holy Spirit of God living in you, help me tonight, but hear me this tonight, that we need to learn to be unfeigned in our faith. It needs to be real, not hypocritical, not fake. Not counterfeit. 
You know, counterfeit money is, uh, we have a whole uh, uh, agency uh, 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 designated to take care of counterfeiters and counterfeiting. And, you know, the secret service is not just a protective detail, it's part of that. But a counterfeit can be passed off on some people and some people won't catch that it's a counterfeit. But when you break out the professionals and they begin to examine, no matter how good that counterfeit is, they begin to examine that counterfeit bill, it will come through as a counterfeit every single time. Let me help you with something tonight, Christian, that you might fool your pastor. You might fool the deacons. You might fool other members of this church. You're not going to fool Jesus Christ. Unfeigned testimony. My question tonight is this, Christian. Listen very carefully to this question on this first thought tonight. At home, with your children, with your spouse, what is your testimony? What is your testimony? Is your testimony unfeigned? Or is it counterfeit? Do you have a testimony with your children that, that you're a man of faith or a woman of faith? Or is it a, now nah, my mom's not real. She pretends like she loves God. She puts up a front at church. Unfeigned testimony. We not only see an unfeigned testimony, but notice the unwavering truth here tonight. If you will, follow me over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We'll begin reading in verse number 14. And, and we're going to say, Pastor, what is this? He doesn't mention Lois and Eunice here. No, he doesn't. But there, I still will find it. We'll find it in the text, I promise you. Verse number 14, but continue thou in the things. Mm. What are we continuing? In the things that thou hast learned and hast been assured of. Knowing of whom thou hast learned them. <clears throat> By the way, I don't think the Apostle Paul is talking about himself there from where he has learned them. Although I think that he's probably learned some from the Apostle Paul. Because rather in verse 15, mamas, daddies, look at this text. And that from a child, see that? And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. The unwavering truth. The unwavering truth. Mamas, daddies, what, has, what have you been teaching your children? Have you taught them the Holy Scriptures or have you taught them the, the latest, greatest top 40 hits? Have you taught them what the Word of God says or are you more worried about the, the characters of some television show? God help us if our children, God help us if our children know the Paw Patrol better than they know the 12 disciples. I say Paw Patrol because that's my age of kids. They ought to know who Peter and Paul are. They might, I know Paul wasn't one of the 12, but they ought to know who they are. They ought to know who Abraham and Moses are. They ought to know who David and Goliath was. They ought to know who Jonah was and why he went into the belly of the world. Mamas and daddies, hear me on this. The church is to come alongside the home. It doesn't replace the home. The home is to teach the holy scriptures. The unwavering truth. Why of a family altar? Family altar ought to be strong. Where you get around the word of God and you open the Bible and you read it. 
I uh, the other day was telling we we, we in our in our in our uh, 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 family altar or during our family devotions we'll have a uh, we had a little hymn book we sing and we sing some hymns and stuff and I told Chloe the other day I said eventually you're going to be good enough you can sit at the piano while we sing these songs and she can play and we can sing and just have church every day at home. I'm going to tell you this too by the way I'm just going to put this out there the the home doesn't replace the church either by the way. Well, we have church at home. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. Amen. When you come together upon the first day of the week, that's still in there. Well, we have a godly home. Well, that tells you the ignorance of what you know about the Bible. The home does not replace church, but I'm going to help you out with something. The church doesn't replace the home either. They're to come alongside one another and teach the Holy Scriptures to our children. That's why we have Sunday school. That's why we have church and children's church and, and peewee church. It's not just to have fun and games. Listen, Brother Nick and Miss Rachel are up there as babysitters. They're up there trying to help our children receive the truth of the gospel of the Holy Scriptures. I'm going to help you out tonight as church parents. We ought to learn to teach our children the Holy Scriptures tonight. Mama, what's your child learning from you? Are they learning to take the Lord's name in vain? Are they learning some perverse doctrine of the world? Are they learning humanism and secularism and worldliness? Or are they learning the Holy Scriptures from you? Daddy, what are they learning from you tonight? Are they learning the Holy Scriptures? I want my children to love sports. I want them, my son, to know who Patrick Mahomes is. I want him to know those things. But hear me tonight, I, far greater than that is I want my children to know the Word of God. When you know the Word of God, you love the Word of God. When you love the Word of God, you love God. I think sometimes we get so confused and allow many other things to take precedence in our lives. Listen, mamas and daddies, we allow other things to take precedence in our lives, and then we wonder why our children are a complete wreck when they're, when they're grown. Because we allow all these other things to take precedence in our lives. Can I use as an illustration again tonight, and, 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 I, and I have, and I'll continue to use these as illustrations, but you know your pastor loves sports, and we're involved with that. My children play sports, and, and Chloe and Junior are playing t-ball and, and softball, but I'm going to help you with something. If there's a game that's on a Wednesday night or a, during a church day, listen to me, we're not going to be a part of that. I want my children to know it's about the Holy Scriptures. It's not about some ball flying through the air, God help us. You want to know why children get tossed about with every wind of doctrine? Because they don't know the Holy Scriptures. Mamas and daddies, it's on us to teach our children. Amen, pastor. They're not going to learn it in their school where they're teaching them evolution and same-sex marriage. God help us. Hey man, by the way, I wouldn't want a state, hey, I wouldn't want a state-ran school teaching my children the Bible anyway. Hey man, don't get mad about it, it's just what it is. Have, they've got to follow some curriculum and some program. My authority is the scriptures. The word of God. Want my children to learn the Bible. Listen, I want them to learn it from daddy. I want them 16 years old saying, my dad taught me the Bible says this. 
The Sunday school teacher is to aid the parents. The children's church teacher is to aid the parents. But mamas and daddies, the responsibility falls on you. You will stand and give an account to Jesus Christ for what your children are learning from you. Is it an unwavering truth? Or is it simple stupidity? What is it that your children have learned from you, moms and dads? And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which were able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. I like verse 16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God-breathed. Talking about this King James Bible is God-breathed. Inspired. Inspiration of God. By the way, I'm just going to chase a rabbit here just for anybody that might think they're a scholar tonight. When Timothy, when the Apostle Paul told Timothy that he had known the Holy Scriptures, Timothy, listen to me tonight, did not, hear me very carefully, Timothy did not have one original manuscript. But he said, you knew the Holy Scriptures. Then he said, all Scriptures given by inspiration. The Scripture that he had was a copy of a copy. Don't, miss, don't, don't get mad about that. I, no, don't, don't get mad, but by, by divine preservation, I have divine inspiration. Yeah, man, pastor, that's good preaching right there. It has got nothing to really to do with the message. Just thought we'd hit it and move on. But note something about the scriptures tonight, mamas and daddies. I want you to look at your Bibles with me in 2 Timothy 3. And many of you can quote this verse in 16, but I want us to all see this together. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is, what's the word? Profitable. So my question tonight, church, is what you're teaching your children, is it profitable? Because we know, no doubt, that the Word of God is profitable. That's what the Bible says. Do I believe the Bible? Yes, I believe the Bible. Doesn't matter if I believe it or not, God said it anyway. It's profitable. Right? I, 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 I like that my children like sports and I want them to play. I've said it. And you say, why do you keep hammering it? Because that's just part of our lives is sports. We, man, we're busier than a termite and a yo-yo. I'm telling you what, it's crazy. It's nuts. <laughs> I mean, good night. We've only got two playing right now. Can't wait till it's three and four. Praise the Lord. But none of that is profitable as compared to this is profitable. Even if my children are, are just the, the, the dynamic prodigy of whatever sport there is. None of that matters to a, as daddy would say, none of that makes a hill of beans compared to the word of God. And it's profitable. You know, it's not profitable just for doctrine and what we believe in a body of, of set of standards and faith. By the way, it's more than just five fundamentals of a faith, by the way. The charismaniacs believe the five fundamentals of faith. Don't get mad at me that they do. But it's profitable for reproof and for correction. Maybe that's the reason why mamas, daddies, you don't want to teach your children the Holy Scriptures because you don't like the reproof and the correction it gives you. But you know if you correct your child now, you won't have so many problems later. And then it's an instruction in righteousness. What's that? That's how to live your life. You want your children to know how to live their lives, how to be contributors to society? You teach them the Word of God. Unwavering truth. 
Well, my kids, I don't want them to be the weird ones. Well, we're not to be conformed to this world. Conformed. It's a, one of those definitions that just kind of stick with you, but it's to be reduced to the likeness of. I don't want my children to have the verbiage, the, the mindset, or the philosophy of the world. I want them to worry about what God thinks. Well, the only way that that's going to happen is if dad <laughs> indoctrinates them with the Holy Scriptures. It's up to us parents to be a pattern for our children with a simple, simple truth tonight. With an unfeigned testimony and an unwavering truth. The Word of God. Parents, do you have a real testimony at home tonight? Is your testimony real at home tonight? Is it counterfeit or is it real? And what are you teaching your children, moms and dads? What are you teaching your children? I pray to God, it's the Holy Scripture, and I'm going to say this tonight. If it is or it isn't, I'm not going to directly ask you, but I would urge you and challenge you to say, I'm going to teach my children the Holy Scriptures. No matter how old or how young they are. And may we just be reminded. Verse 5 also says this. You say, Pastor, my children don't live at home anymore. That's okay. Thy grandmother, Lois. Man, one day, the Lord tarries and the rapture don't happen. I'll have grandchildren. It'll still be my responsibility to teach my grandchildren the Holy Scriptures. So it's not just on the parents. Amen although it is heavily on the parents' shoulders. Let's do the right thing tonight and live this out as a godly pattern. Let's pray tonight. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your precious book. Thank you for this simple, simple truth tonight. Thank you for such a perfect book, such a timeless book that's just perfect for what we need for this day. Lord, I ask that you'd help me be the parent I ought to be and one have unfeigned faith, a real testimony at home. That my children would see me living out Jesus at home. And that I would teach my children the word of God. Help me, Lord, to be that parent tonight. Lord, I ask that you'd help us as a church to do the same. Lord, the truth is we'd have, a, we'd have the most dynamic, strong church in all the state if every single person lived out these two principles. Help us tonight, Lord. Please, we beg of you.